0: The world's longest-running comedy music concert series is coming from inside your house! (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That went to a dark place. (laughs) Virtual MarsCon 2021 is taking place online for free on March 12th, 13th, and 14th. Hi, MarsCon! This year's event will have live stream performances by The Great Luke Ski, Devo Spice, Worm Quartet, Insane Ian, TV's Kyle and Lindzilla, Il Nade, Beth Kinderman, Tom Smith, Throwing Toasters, Amy Engelhart, an AMA interview with Ukla the Mock, and this year's music guest of honor, Robbie Ellis. We'll also be doing a virtual QA with the man who has been playing drums in Weird Al Yankovic's band for over 40 years, John Bermuda Schwartz. Drum For info on how to watch, go to MarsCon.com, and for info on the comedy music track, go to MarsConComedy.com. And uh, do watch out for flying lobsters. Thanks for listening, funny music fans, and I hope to see you all at Virtual MarsCon 2021.
1: Hello and welcome to the Emperor's New Podcast, where we explore every corner of the Emperor's New Groove franchise. I'm your host, Micah Hirsch, and today I'm joined by two special guests from... So you want to be an Imagineer? Please welcome Tiki and Monkey. Good evening. Hello. And today we will be talking yes, about. This... The... Hmm? Sorry.
2: No, sorry. I was going to say yes. This time, look at the chimp eating the bug. But chimp's <laughs> not a monkey; it's an ape.
1: Yeah, but well, the, the chimp and the, the chimp, the thing Cusco called the chimp in the movie, is a monkey anyway. So.
2: So what is a huh. monkey? I thought
1: I, I seem
2: to vaguely remember a tale.
1: Yeah. Some other, like other characters have called it a monkey, but Kuska calls it a chip. Um, but mm-hmm. it, it has a tail and everything, so it's a monkey. It's like um, a reverse Curious George situation. Today, we are talking about The Emperor's New School, season one, episode four. Hungry Hungry Llama and Only the Wrong Survive. But before we begin, um, I think I already know the answer to this, but what is both of you all's familiarity with The Emperor's New School? <laughs>
3: Uh, Emperor's New School, I mean, I could talk all day about Emperor's New Groove, man. I am one of the biggest fans of Emperor's New Groove. But uh, as far as Emperor's New School goes, I like what I've seen of it. Oddly enough, the biggest memory I have of it is watching like three or four episodes at the Paradise Pier Lobby Cafe, you know, because they have that little TV there. And I watched like four or five episodes of it waiting for the uh, airport shuttle, you know, when I was going to the airport at the end of the trip uh but <laughs> honestly I've, I've only covered uh i've covered the yzma who stole kuska Ween, yeah. and that's really about all that i've seen in terms of like you know now that i'm an adult and critically minded about animation and whatnot um i definitely need to give it a watch more because i i like these two episodes a lot um you know and, and you've said before that uh you know if if you go in with the right expectations on this show you can get a lot out of it and that being said you know i I don't think you want to go in with the expectation that it's going to be be as good as the movie because of course it's not but i think it's a pretty damn solid show for what it is and uh and yeah i I think at the very least this show feels more like the movie than crunk's new groove does i don't know if that's a hot take or what
2: but well, uh, see, so yeah, I know the movie. As for the series, I know I, wa- I definitely watched it back when it was a- originally airing, but I have forgotten a lot of it. Like, I remember the the stuff that I would remember without needing to be reminded would be, I mean, the basic premise, of course, and the KUZCO chant, but otherwise, the first episode... So my
3: name again. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, so what I... Mainly remember on my own is the first episode and the rhetorical question joke. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, I <laughs> lost my train of thought. Uh, so since then, my most recent exposure with it has mainly just been maybe once or twice seeing that compilation someone made of all the "To the Secret Lab" segments, yeah. and then <laughs> and then of course last summer when Tony Goldmark live tweeted Ismopolis, I watched along with it and was surprisingly disappointed, sorry, but thankfully these ones recovering today were an improvement over that one. Maybe not quite where I wish they'd been, but still, there, there was some good stuff here.
1: Yeah, so the basic premise of the first segment is that Cusco isn't doing his homework and he keeps coming up with fabricated stories about all these different animals eating his homework. And the teacher, Mr. Malaguaco, played by, as I've said before, played by Curtis Armstrong, Um, tells him he's going to fail him if he doesn't do his homework for real this time. So Yzma overhears this and comes up with a plan that, for some reason, she's assuming Cusco's going to do his homework, Um, (laughs) that she's going to turn Kronk into a llama and have him eat Cusco's homework. And in this universe, the llama eating your homework is their equivalent to the dog ate my homework, where it's just an excuse that everyone knows is an excuse and no one believes. And that's the whole. And when they go down to the secret lab, the voice says do not pull down on the safety bar i will pull it for you or something like that applause <laughs> A reference not appreciated anything. so um and, and then... they
2: also do the toll booth
1: <laughs> yeah yeah it's in the glove A compartment gag. it's always in the glove <laughs> compartment <laughs>
2: Somebody go back and get a shit ton of dimes!
1: Yeah, they do they they do a lot of stuff with that roller coaster in the series. Um yeah, like yeah, that
3: compilation. That, why is that earlier. not a Disney attraction by now?
1: Um they probably don't want to spend the money to do it. <laughs> Eisner uh, well,
3: yes, I know that's the answer, but just rhetorically, that would make such an awesome like wild mouse coaster.
1: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> someday I'm gonna do a whole episode about both um, what representation there has been over the years in the parks and what um, armchair imagineering, some concepts of what.
3: Oh, I'd man. Like oh, I'd love to be involved in that uh, when you do it, man. Keep me in the loop for that. Okay. Yeah.
2: And I recently rediscovered some really old picture from early DCA of me with Kronk.
1: <laughs> That's awesome, <Nice>. man. That's um, <laughs> something. So Cusco, um learns that I guess I don't Chaka. Even though she's in a different grade, is doing the same basic thing for her for her schoolwork. So he steals her work, and then Kronk ends up eating that. And when Kronk takes it back to Isma, she says, "This isn't Cusco's homework. Look at the name." Ah, uh, the homework family. That's the last name. <laughs> That's the, the kind that of joke the, I
3: would write. <laughs> that was that was the biggest laugh of the episode for me. <laughs>
1: But then at the end, Cusco, uh, she sends it back and Cusco ends up actually doing the homework and Kronk tries to steal it, but Cusco manages to tie up Kronk and in the process, again, do the homework again um, and turns it in, Kronk in with the, it's a rope tying homework, I guess I should explain where he's learning how to tie knots and stuff. So he ties up Kronk and turns up in llama Kronk in the, the rope so his homework is still turned in so he doesn't fail and he gets to stay um in school and not and Isma doesn't become empress so that's the basic premise of the first um segment so what did you all think of this segment
3: pleasantly surprised I love the return of the llama
1: yeah
2: yeah I'm like in the camp of like huh all right let's got some good stuff in there yeah um Uh,
3: you know in terms of voice cast i really uh you're gonna keep me you have to keep me up to date on who's who but i really appreciate the guy who's playing Cusco. he doesn't sound like beat by beat like david spade but i think he's got the cadence down pretty well you know it's uh yeah. he kind of reminds me of like of like someone doing turtle talk with crush on a really good day and just mm. nailing it yeah uh you know, it, it's never going to sound exactly the same, but I, I really think that he does the whole, like, uh, you know, like, no sneaky and stuff like that. You know, those kind of cusco I think he really rolls yeah. with them. JP
1: um, Manu. On
3: the, yeah, yeah. On the other hand, I, can we talk about Pacha?
2: Pacha was a little <laughs> off for me. Yeah, It was better than I remember from Ismopolis. but yeah, it's like,
1: well, the good news I don't is- want a bad mouth Fred Tattashore, but. The good news is John Goodman does come back in the second season as Pacha. Oh,
2: that's good. That's good. (laughs) I think I checked on this like in the past few weeks at this one Emperor's New Groove computer game I had, and I think John Goodman did the voice there.
3: Oh, dude, I remember the PS1 Emperor's New Groove game.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I talked about that on, on this very podcast.
3: Oh man! Oh, that was a uh, th- th- those early like PS One N sixty four Disney games, man. They weren't as high quality as the Disney stuff we got with Capcom back back in the Nintendo and Super Nintendo days. But I still have a lot of nostalgia for them. Yeah. Donald Duck Gone Quackers. <laughs> Anyways,
1: yeah. So uh, why was the squirrel there? <laughs> oh, the squirrel, just the squirrel, like behind the tapestry or something, and just peeking out. Yeah, I think that was just could be funny i guess it's like a random
2: i get a a sense of like that from that poochie episode of simpsons like whenever bucky's not on screen the other characters (laughs) should be asking where's bucky
3: i didn't get that strong a vibe about it uh the the vibe i got was mostly that bucky just kind of you know he shows up when there's a good opportunity for a joke
1: yeah, I'm not sure that was the best opportunity, though. No, I think they just they just wanted to have a random pause and then have something happen in between. I don't know how to ex- okay. I don't know how to explain what I'm what I'm thinking of. I get what you're <laughs> saying.
2: I understand what you're saying.
3: Yeah, uh, but yeah, just really quick on Pacha, just I I think maybe it probably has to do with the premise of the show, the fact that uh, that Cusco's in school, but the delivery, just the basic kind of like dynamic between the two of them feels a lot more like Pacha being a fatherly figure and less like in the movies where in the movies I very much thought that Pacha was wise yes but uh, at the end of the day their friendship is more of a best friends dynamic it's less of a you know if anything it's maybe an older brother little brother and Pacha felt very very fatherly to Cusco. and again this is based on one episode so I'd like to know how how that dynamic um, yeah. rolls
1: it sort of feels in the movie like it starts definitely starts off like they're buddy buddies but then uh-huh. like he's definitely like becomes like a surrogate um family member or a you know they take him in when he when they, when he needs a place to live and you know um at the end of the movie they sort of they give him that poncho and that poncho is sort of what he wears when he's a, you know, not emperor anymore. Um, so, yeah, he is uh, more of a fatherly figure in the show. Okay. But I think. He gets
2: in some good sarcasm in this one.
1: But I think um, it works for the premise of the show, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah
3: yeah totally I, I hear what you're saying on that it just it, it just felt kind of because obviously I know the movie like the back of my hand, right yeah. so it's like you know it, it took a little bit of getting used to, but I see what they're doing with it. yeah, all right
2: so, so yeah the kind of speaking of you know that doodle segment yeah expendable, but I like the circle round his feet gag yeah. so so I don't mind too much.
3: are those doodle segments in every episode? Uh, yes,
1: okay. Sometimes other characters do them. They're right, interesting. Hmm. There's one and there's I, w- one episode it, that's all it is is different characters doing doodles. I like it nice. in
3: theory, but I think in terms of a fourth wall break, and I guess it's not really supposed to be a fourth wall break per se, but I don't know, man, to me one of my one of the funniest jokes in the Emperor's new groove is the whole like when, when Cusco pauses the movie and he's like, yeah. okay, I just want to remind you uh, this movie's about me, not this guy, me. And I, 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 I kind of wish they would do a little bit more of that, like, you know, the writing do. on the screen with the magic
1: marker. Yeah, they do. Okay, that's cool. In other episodes. Yeah,
2: yeah I could see this Doodle segment, like, working sometimes better than others.
1: Yeah.
3: I, I don't oh. have anything wrong with it. I just, you know, I prefer that kind of, like, writing on the screen with a marker style we more, probably, but...
1: While we're talking about fourth wall, I should probably say... Um, talk about in, At the beginning of every episode Usually Cusco will come up And it seems in the, like in the first three or four Or five episodes All he does when he comes up is say Aren't you glad to be watching a show about me Uh uh-huh. And he doesn't actually tell you What it's going to be about until like Later on when they start i guess they start realizing we can't just keep having saying the same thing basic thing over and over again we have <laughs> so to did have it
3: become did it kind of start to become like a couch gags sort of thing where they started like doing variables of it
1: yeah like a lot of the time there will be like he, he, what he talks about or what he sort of hint foreshadows or hints at what the epi- one of the episode segments is going to be about nice nice
2: yeah, remember Yzmaopolis? He says something like, "If you don't like Yzma, don't watch this episode."
1: Yeah. Okay.
3: Can we can we just talk like God bless Eartha Kit and God bless the fact that we have a whole series of her Yzma? Yeah. I mean, that's just Agreed. like ah, uh, like you guys do not I, I I mean, I'm sure all three of us agree, but like Yzma, just like in some way, shape, or form, she shaped our childhood in some way. Yeah. I mean. That level of comedy, that performance, that over-the-top animation, I mean, I could I could just gush about it. Yeah. And so I really am looking forward. If anything else, the Yizma and Kronk stuff is like totally like worth binging this whole series for, I think.
2: Yeah. When Kronk says something about like, oh, I like to oh I don't want to peek inside that head of yours and see what makes a tick. I would love it if they went inside Izma's head, and you had like all these little Izmas working gears and yelling <laughs> at each other or yeah. something.
1: And then, and then Izma says, "Likewise." Likewise. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah <it's laughs> a, it is a nice little flip on the formula of Izma having a straightforward plan.
3: Uh, yeah, 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 I like that. I like that we kind of go to the whole, uh, you know, the infamous box within a box animation style. Yeah, they which
1: do, go they ahead. do that in, in just about every episode.
3: Oh, really? Okay. The funny thing about that, man, is uh, I cannot tell you. I mean, if you listen to the uh, to the podcast we did on Emperor's New Groove, you know this, but God, that box inside a box joke just shaped my humor. In like a profound way, like I, it, it's oh my god. Um, so uh, yeah, so so yeah, I love that we just cut to that animation style, and then it's just it's very brief. It's like oh okay, we're not going to do like a million steps this time.
1: Yeah, that's because the running gag is that her plan always either is overly complicated or doesn't have anything to do with her goal. Um, <laughs> so this is the first time that she had a plan where it was the plan she ended up going with. Nice
3: oh god yeah um and then also can we just like, like you brought this up in the uh you know in the summary of the episode but i just love the fact that her whole evil scheme is like hey it's just so pathetic yeah. it's like it hinges <laughs> on the fact that Cusco is actually going to do his homework yeah which, again that that's a big stretch I I don't know, I just, that's the fun of Yizma, man. It's like she's, you know, she's either got an ambitious goal and she goes about it in a, you know, in kind of a silly way, or she has, like, a really stupid goal. And uh, this is kind of a stupid goal.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you raise a good point. Hadn't thought of that. (laughs) Yeah, in the first episode, um, she um, wants to cheat... Turn Cusco into a turtle so he'll lose a race against Kronk, and Kronk is like, "You don't really have to go to all this trouble. I'm probably going to beat him anyways." And she's like, but "What? Would <laughs> I do well, she wanted to the turn the him into a hippo. <laughs> oh.
3: I've been turned into a cow. Can I go home?" Yeah,
1: yeah. and she, excused. she says, "But then what would I do for the rest of the episode?" Ah, <laughs> uh,
2: let's see. So, uh, Cusco, there. Where's that line? Uh, my butt's in an urn. So thanks to that word choice, I'm imagining that his, that is, you know, right by the ashes of a dead person.
1: good boy. <laughs> we have fun here. Um, <laughs> and, say and a lot. So basically, I think it's a solid, for what it is, episode, uh, segment. Can we episode. talk
3: about how funny the animation of the Kronk Llama is?
1: Yeah, the Kronk Llama, like... You we'd know, be remiss right away, you,
3: if we didn't bring that up <laughs> yeah you
1: know that that's Kronk, right away because he has the he has the hat uh-huh. and then and then he does the sneaky 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 sneak sneak, sneak yeah he sneak, can't sneak. he can't <laughs> presumably may maybe the reason that they have him doing that instead of his theme music from the movies there might be legal issues with disney because disney owns that music but i don't know if they wanted to use it for they,
3: oh that's that that's actually hilarious if disney actually has
2: copyright on the crunk theme
1: music yeah um, uh, patrick werren completely so disney it. can't get copyright from disney oh. is that what you are saying yes i'm saying i disney i'm not sure but there <laughs> because they are multiple different because the company that makes the animated features and the company right. that makes the tv shows are different i don't know if there's if they have to go through legal stuff to get something from the movies uh, actually used in the movies into the TV show or not. I'm not sure. I do know there's an oh, episode where there's pictures on the wall that are screen grabs from the movie. So yeah. they at least were able to get that done.
2: Yeah, so like when we first see Llama Kronk and he says, weird. Yeah, it's yes.
1: <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> just the idea.
3: Just the, the whole premise of the episode of just him eating the homework is just absurd in a good way.
1: Yeah, the whole premise of the series is absurd. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right uh but yeah that's that's about like i said a pretty solid episode overall it's a good i'd say it's a good introductory point for me as far as uh you know it's a few episodes into into the series i know pretty much what's going on i you know i should catch myself up with the other you know with the the stuff i've missed before this but uh you know i had a good time with it
1: yeah so now yeah, good point it really isn't a bad introductory point um the next segment is only the wrong survive and in that segment basically Cusco, Croc and Molina are left in the jungle for to do a survival class. And they have all these different survival classes. There's underwater survival and lava survival which there's how could you survive lava? Um, and, and they're in jungle survival. So Mr. Malaglaco who de- established on the show before his name is Is guacamole, but with the guaca and the molly. Um,
2: Yeah, I somehow didn't catch that until partway through the first episode.
1: Yeah, he leaves them there, and they and and Kronk or one no Molina says. So, are you going to stay with us? And he says, No, I'm going to a costume party. I'm going dressed as a jungle explorer. (laughs) (laughs) So then Kronk starts freaking out that he's stranded in the jungle and starts going through all the stages of um panic and stuff stress yeah, yeah stress. i didn't know that applied to stress Thought it was then, just grieving <laughs> and then and then at the end he goes hey wait a minute i'm a junior chipmunk i know all about surviving in the jungle why was i so worried <laughs> <laughs> i like that because <laughs> that feels in line with like the the humor of like the movie where something will like they would, you know, they would have something that doesn't make any sense. And then they would go, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense.
3: Oh, God. Yeah. One of my favorite jokes in the movie is uh, I can quote it all the time, the whole by all accounts, that doesn't make any sense yeah. thing with the with the map, like the fact that there's actually a physical map and the fact that they that they noticed the uh, the the, dot, the markers
2: on the ground being made. Chewbacca <laughs> lives on Endor. By all accounts, it doesn't make sense.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um so then um Kronk and Molina want to help want to fit so basically Cusco leaves for a moment and comes back with like pillows and stuff while Kronk and I will avoid a topical pillow reference. You're welcome. Oh thank you. I wasn't even thinking about that. Um, <laughs> so but I should mention before I'm jumping all over the place before this Kronk is making a, a lean to type tent thing with what percentage of people who watch this and see that lean to
2: instinctively think that's oh, Eeyore's house. Yeah. Um, and when <laughs> I, Kronk I, I, is mentioning. It looks like a survivor shelter to think, me, if I'm being honest. I
1: think <laughs> when Kronk is mentioning the different way, the different method, uh, types of knots that you make to make the, I think they're all references to the knots that were referenced in the previous segment.
3: Oh, that's cool! I, uh, yeah, the, uh, there's a couple different ty- crossovers between these two segments. Yeah, uh, the one yeah, obvious, we'll get to one, one of we'll get them, to. I'm sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so Cusco comes back with pillows, and Molina's like, "There's no way you got these pillows in the jungle, you know." And so they're jungle pillows. Cusco's like, "You don't know. Maybe they, maybe they, maybe they grow on trees, you know, like fruit."
2: What if it turned <laughs> out there was a pillow tree? Oh that would be weird. <laughs> So I feel like a pillow
3: tree would just get ruined in the elements, though. That's the only yeah. thing. Or
2: maybe it would be. Maybe Isma put it there. Yeah, um, some sort of plan.
1: So Kus- uh, Molina and Kronk basically follow Cusco while he's going off to supposedly get more stuff from the jungle, and they do it. The sky just bushes and Kronk is playing bongos to make it more exciting. That is a great <laughs> gag. That's That may be my
2: second favorite gag in this whole thing we're talking agreed, about. Agreed, agreed. That was wonderful. <laughs> like yeah. the, it's, it's, like, you don't expect it. You don't no, expect before that the, to before the, be reveal, the gag. Before the reveal,
3: I was honestly just like, oh man, I'm loving this bongo music. It really fits the scene.
1: Yeah, you think <laughs> it's just music. Yeah, <laughs> that
3: was yeah. part of it.
1: You think it's non-di- non-diegetic, is that the right, the word I'm thinking of? You think it's that? Yes, it is. Like it is the yeah, you think it's non-diegetic, diegetic. turns
3: out it was diegetic. Yeah, yeah you think it's
1: non-diegetic, yes, and then, yes. And correct. then Kuzco's like, well, I guess Melina and Kronk <laughs> aren't following me and playing bongos to make it more exciting. And Melina's like, I told you not to bring the bongos. And Kronk's like, what well, I, I like But I like
3: bongos. <laughs>
1: So then they find, so see they see Cusco, he pulls a vine, sound familiar, um, and the ball flips or something, <laughs> and he goes into some secret room. And so Molina and Kronk go, and she tells Kronk to pull the vine, and he pulls it, and a, a vase drops on her. And the vase that drops on her is the vase that dropped on Yzma when he pulled the lever in the previous. Lovely
2: <laughs> <laughs> <Continuity. laughs> bit of continuity between the two episodes. <laughs> yeah. and, and Kronk and landscapes it, he
1: goes, That happened before the Yzma. <laughs> <laughs> So then they find out that Cusco has a secret em- emergency emperor bunker in the middle of the jungle. Apparently, um, so that's had- how Palpatine survived. Where he has like a <sighs> ping pong table. He, he had an emperor bunker in the middle of the engine of the Death Star. <laughs> um, it's where
3: I record my podcast.
1: Um, and
2: when I turn eighteen, your hill is destroyed. Oh, oh no! Okay, I'm sorry.
1: Oh no! Potch's village's
2: been crushed. Um. <laughs> okay, now I'm imagining Palpatine as the as that character in the Country Bears.
1: Twenty thousand
2: dollars. You've had a good run, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> oh
3: God! So, all right, we can't um, we can't let let this go yeah. down into a Palpatine rabbit hole. Um,
1: <laughs>
2: okay, this is not over, Ewoks. Okay,
1: <laughs> so basically they're annoyed with Cusco, and then so they try to make i'm not very good at describing what happens in the episode i'm sorry um i'm guessing
2: a lot of episodes are basically people are annoyed at Cusco. yeah if i'm being honest not
3: a
1: lot happens in this episode so
3: don't Uh, feel bad
1: um so basically they go yeah but it's like it's not a lot happens but it doesn't like it's it's not i wasn't bored by it it the yeah, it definitely had a. It different... somehow felt more
2: substantive than Ismopolis. Um, I don't know what. That's it, me.
1: I don't know what the deal. Like I know there's that one really funny joke in Ismopolis, and that and this and the song, and those are the two standouts in me for Ismopolis. Um, the the wishing for a funny hat and she wishes it away joke, and so eventually, it, just one thing leads to another, and they decide, oh, what the hell, we're gonna hang out in the bunker too. And um Mr. Malaguaco comes back and you know they're in the jungle and their site is their campsite is a mess and stuff. And um Cusco confesses what happened, um which is rare for him, um that it was yeah, all earns a record scratch. It was all his idea. Um and then um, Malagwako passes them anyways because I guess figuring out to, to go to a place for shelter counts as using your instincts.
2: Yeah, yeah. You used your common sense. Yeah. I really like that ending or that resolution.
1: Yeah. So that's basically how that episode ends. So what and do you want we you get to the go- little PSA about
3: the uh
2: <laughs> Yes. That that shark gag at the beginning is my favorite gag in, <laughs> in what we were covering. So it's yeah. like it's quick. It there's barely any noise. It's shocking. It's very well done. <laughs> yeah. And then here at the end, where they acknowledge it, like we already got a lot of phone calls
3: about the this other kid. One. And then the other one goes down. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Those
1: kid. I don't know if what Cus- if Cusco was. Then it's, it seems like Cusco was making that up, but those characters do come back.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
3: well, maybe they came back Boba Fett style. You know, they just fought their way out of the shark.
1: Maybe,
2: yeah. Or they had an emergency bunker in the oh, in the ocean. All yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Cusco was like,
1: uh, "Hey, how about we watch some logos?" Yes, there's a lot <sighs> of times there's also- where the, there's they bring up the logo a lot in the credit sequences where they're saying like, "Our favorite, oh. my favorite part." Uh, my favorite thing to do is watch the end credits but even more than that i like to watch the end logo
3: (laughs) oh god (laughs) that just seems like something so niche that the emperor's new groove writers would riff on it
1: yeah yeah this the strength of the entire everything from like the movie to the video game to Kronk's new groove to the tv series i think is the fourth wall
3: humor oh yeah absolutely
1: that has remained completely consistent the entire time and it's fascinating because kingdom
3: of the sun i'm sure would have gone down with the best of the disney renaissance films yeah and yet if we got kingdom of the sun we wouldn't have gotten the all this
1: we wouldn't have got, <laughs> we wouldn't have gotten Kronk, and we don't who knows if if kingdom of the sun would have like it could have been popular but you know it could have ended up like pocahontas or hunchback where maybe you get one
3: where it's like a fan favorite, but it doesn't really make a bunch of money.
1: Yeah, you get like maybe one, maybe one mediocre direct-to-video sequel, uh, and that's it. Right, right, it's, yeah. It's, you have uh, a sequel and a TV series, and the best, uh, I mean, arguably the best cast members from the original movie uh, return in both of them. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Eartha and Patrick. Yeah, Corbett.
3: no question, no question.
1: <laughs> Just a gag, like, you know,
2: speaking about Cronk and Patrick Corbett, and so... You have him in this episode, and then you get Mr. Molagwako talking about living off of the land. But see, Molagwako, you got Patrick Orbit in there. You're thinking of the wrong attraction from the land pavilion.
3: <laughs> oh, Robert.
1: And then you know Bucky shows up again. Um. Yeah, which uh, so yeah. At least he lives in the world so- and then
2: yeah, and then Cusco calls him a demon squirrel, so they must have seen the Broadway version of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah. Oh god.
1: <laughs> yeah, Cusco Points if you know what I'm talking about, people. Cusco Cusco um is not one with nature. <laughs> Obviously.
3: Well, we literally see that from the opening shot of the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's not a thing. That's not a thing he really, he really, he didn't really learn much about that at all in the movie.
2: <laughs> right. Yeah, so it's in his nature to not be one with nature.
1: Yeah. I will really
2: my, go
1: ahead. The thing is, all that, Kus- well, the main thing Kuzco learns in the movie is to be um, the bare minimum of empathy, basically.
3: And of course he learned to uh, climb up gaps using another person.
1: Well, yeah, that. But I mean, the, but <laughs> the arc of the movie isn't Cusco learning all these amazing things and then becoming this amazing... No, totally. Totally, yeah. The arc is Cusco mm-hmm. learning to be less of, like, uh, he's basically a villain at the start of the movie, really. Totally. And he's, at the end of the movie, he's just, you know, a smart movie, snarky uh, rat, basically. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um but yeah, I mean, in regards to this episode, I think the one thing I don't really care for is the fact that I feel like with the ending, they literally could have just spent the time in the bunker and it would have been fine. Yeah. Like, like plot-wise, it, fe- it feels a little less well-structured than a plot of uh, the the Lawn Mate, My Homework episode. Yeah. Um, but I liked it okay. It's definitely, of the two, it's the one that I enjoyed Less, but it's still good. It's still got a lot of solid uh, Patrick Warburton humor. The bongos, as we mentioned, is a great gag.
1: Yeah. So
2: this 20, is... I think I might feel sort of the reverse. Like, may... I don't know which one I prefer. Maybe this one? Maybe liking, okay. like it, And I may have liked the structure a bit more. <laughs> wow. Opinion on the internet. Yeah. I hate you.
3: I hate you, monkey. You're my worst enemy now. Unsubscribed.
1: <laughs> the feelings likewise.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, we're mutual.
1: So that seems Uh, this is like the third, I think, one I've done where one of at least one of the guests was present present, you know, social distancing for the um Ismopolis live tweet. And this is the third time they said that they um enjoyed this episode better than that one. So I guess that's something to look forward to when I cover the Ismopolis episode. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Um, (laughs) so uh you know so in the doodle section of this one there's that whole business with the eggs but they skip over the singing dinosaur yeah
1: (laughs) i don't remember the doodle segment from this section what happened in it can you remind me (laughs) uh he was talking
2: he was talking about how like okay here's stuff not to do like don't get the campfire wet don't steal the eggs from the bird because then it'll attack
1: you and yeah like all this remember
2: and then it turns out that was all the stuff Kuzco did, which is why they were struggling in the wild.
1: Yeah, now I remember. And then it rains. Yeah. Because, of course, it rains. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did anyone else want to play
2: ping pong because of this episode?
1: Um, I've never been good at ping pong.
2: (laughs) Same. (laughs) Same. Um, (laughs) Okay.
1: Also, they didn't I have.
3: Like I do like Kronk's enthusiasm for ping pong, though. Yeah,
2: that they, is that is very yeah. fun.
1: They didn't
3: have.
2: Yeah, I think the first time I watched this, when they when they leave the bunker at first, I'm like, oh, I wanted to see. Kronk, I wanted Kronk to play ping pong. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, they did. I am pretty sure they didn't have ping pong in the Inca Empire. So now, of course, this episode is ruined. <laughs>
3: well, I know they had like a variation of. This is just me being a history nerd here. But they had that one variation of basketball that I you see that in uh, Road to El Dorado. Oh, you're
2: right. That was the Aztecs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the show I'm sorry, gets I'm them confused too. up my too, ancient so. emperors.
1: Yeah. I'm I'm googling when was ping pong invented. Is it ping? Maybe I'm good. 1880s. Just thinking of that one movie, but isn't ping pong like Chinese or something? Uh, it says Victorian England. Okay, I'm I'm horrible. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
2: In it's history. You don't always know things at first.
1: Uh, I thought I heard somewhere that it was, or something. Um,
3: I imagine the uh, Chinese could potentially be super good at ping pong, ping pong. like maybe they maybe they like rule the ping pong championship circuits or something. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case.
1: I don't know. Um, so
3: now I'm just thinking of Balls of Fury. Yeah, that's, that's what amazing I was thinking. B of. Movie. <laughs> that movie doesn't get enough attention
1: Christopher Walken again right
3: oh my god dude Christopher Walken in Balls of Fury is just so it's just so 100% unfiltered just pure Walken <laughs> anyways um, oh god
1: Um, mm-hmm. does anyone have anything else they want to say about this segment or the previous segment I'm guessing that, so
2: I'm guessing Cusco held his breath throughout the commercial break. Oh, yeah, we forgot to bring that up. That was another
1: good joke where Cusco goes into a basically a jacuzzi, goes underwater, and then we were watching it on, presumably all of us were watching it on Disney Plus, so there's no commercial break. So it just got phased back and then it phased back in, and Cusco's and still underwater, and Kronk's saying, Cusco can hold his breath for a long time. But obviously, yes, that joke was meant to be for when it was airing and there were commercials.
2: That's really funny. It reminded me of that Jimmy Neutron gag where Jimmy screams through the commercial break and then Gene and Carla are like, wow, Jimmy, you screamed for four minutes straight. (laughs) (laughs) They've done that in a few
1: different shows, I think. I've seen this. The style critic
3: used to do stuff like that quite a bit.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, Anything else? Um the llama cronk do 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 (laughs) do (laughs) do yeah i i think
3: overall it's interesting that rob and i kind of have reverse favorite episodes because it just kind of speaks to how different episodes can appeal to you in different ways i certainly like both of them and i'm sure rob likes both of them as well yeah but uh but you know it's interesting i feel like that's a good indicator that you know, this show and its sense of humor can appeal to a bunch of different sensibilities. Yeah, I think
1: this show, and, um, there's a few reasons, I mean, I have a few theories as to why, um, kind of gets a bad, um, a bad rap, because um, a lot of people, Well, for one thing, too many people, like, probably try to hold it up to the movie standards, which I don't think is fair.
3: Well, that That's the number one mistake right there, man, you can't do that.
1: yeah. No, I think the show gets a good uh, gets a bad rep, and I think it's actually um, there's some episodes. You're that never, saying
2: you can't do that on television? There's definitely some,
1: <laughs> there's definitely some episodes that don't hold up, but um, in terms mm-hmm. of the, the sure. show as a whole, I think it's um, underrated. I think it it I can see it eventually gaining its own little um, cult following uh, if people. Yeah, these it. were oh, totally. uh,
2: yeah these were some nice episodes here. They have re piqued my interest in. Revisiting the series?
3: Good. No, I'm really into uh revisiting the series for sure, uh, especially for the Earth a Kid and Patrick Warburton stuff. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. And I will Find this. something I will... to do in these times. <laughs> right. I will end
3: on maybe a controversial statement here. um I think that this show, just from the little I've seen of it, I think it sticks way closer to the spirit and the tone and the style. Of the original movie, then arguably one of the more popular of these adaptations, which is uh, Lilo and Stitch the series. Now, uh, I'm a huge fan of the original Lilo and Stitch. Huge, like you can't, I, I can't even tell you. It's like one of my yet, all-time favorites. And, and yeah, uh,
1: you can buy an Angel plushie, but they'll never. Get, but Disney's never going to make a Molina plushie. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, God. But uh, I think Lilo and Stitch, the series, it's it's fine. It's it's yeah. fine. But at the end of the day, they just kind of turned it into a Pokemon knockoff. And that's not what Lilo and Stitch is.
1: No, I, f- I f- on the one hand, yeah, I think that it is a Pokemon knockoff. On the other, I don't know what other direction it's like. I feel like they, from the beginning, when people go to see Lilo and Stitch, they're going to be asking, but what about all the other experiments, you know? So it seems like having it be about the other experience, experiments was something, was something they would have you know, done anyways, I think.
2: I'm not saying this reference is true, but I just can't help making it. Whenever the other experiments aren't on screen, every other, everyone else should be
1: asking, where are the other experiments? <laughs> oh, God. I know <laughs> that when I saw The Diction, Stitch, that was one of the things I was like, if they ever do a sequel or something, it should be right. about the other experiments. No, I, I, you're absolutely right. It makes
3: a lot of sense for sure. Um, I, I don't know. I just think that the original has, like the original is super special to me I in a way the, that...
1: Another a problem with all of these TV series up until this point is they try and they failed because they have a lower budget to just replicate the style of the movie. Like Lilo Stitch tried, but they didn't have Chris Sanders and stuff behind it to make it look right, like a movie. And the right, Little Mermaid series yeah. did the same thing. This, you can tell they...
2: <laughs> the Little they, Mermaid series.
1: You can tell they oh, re-de- they redesigned the characters specifically to um, adapt to television. In this
3: no, series. that's a great point. That's a great point. And that's one of the reasons why Lilo and Stitch, in comparison, feels off to me, is that it, it kind of feels like a weird, like, you know, like not quite right clone of the animation style of Lilo and Stitch, where, you know, it looks... More or less the same, but it doesn't have that energy. It doesn't have that spark. It doesn't have and all yeah. These, and all to those be other totally honest, the budget
1: have problems with like the colors. The, all the colors seem off in like the Little Mermaid and on Stitch and on um, the Hercules mm-hmm. series. The colors in this feel much they they feel much brighter. I guess I guess the colors don't feel as vibrant in those TV series, and I feel like the colors in this pop more.
3: Yeah, from the little I've seen of it, I I totally agree.
1: I also like that. Like a lot of the time the background would just be like a pool of light and that's it. Like, it's just like mm-hmm. the sky or a wall with um, a circle, you know, it's like a, a light shining a circle on a background, even if it's the sky, which doesn't really make sense. Um, sure. That um, is sort of um, obviously they change it again to stylize it to fit the TV format. Um, but that sort of, carries over from the movie where the movie had some amazing background but there were also a lot of scenes in the movie where the background was just like um, just like a wall or just like darkness or purple like in the secret lab a lot of the times the background is just a purple splash on the wall so I feel like the backgrounds in this um, they did a good job they're not hand painted like they are in the movie but you can't mm-hmm. they did a good job sort of so basically it's they did a good job adapting it I guess is what I'm saying spiritually adapting The tone And the characters for television If you view this not as Like it's another not as another movie Which you shouldn't because it's not another movie But as a TV series I think it does a good Job making the translation from the movie To the series yeah
3: I agree And like I said earlier I think it kind of makes The transition a bit better than Kronk's new groove and I like Kronk's new groove Quite a bit yeah but Kronk's New groove the animation in that Feels more off For
1: me it's weird. It feels closer to the movie, but it also doesn't feel it I as... think
3: maybe because it feels closer to the movie, it's got that Lilo and Stitch the Animated Series vibe where yeah. it's like, ah, oh, it's almost there, but not quite.
1: Um, the best anima- the best an- in terms of animation of the sequel, direct-to-view sequels is The Lion King, One and a Half.
3: Oh, no question. Totally yeah. agreed.
1: Because they had to they had use scenes from the original movie and have the characters inserted into them. So they had to have... A I, new- yeah on par with the movie um no i just
3: think that uh lion king one and a half is just straight up if i'm being honest it's probably my favorite of that whole era of disney sequels it's i mean it's i don't really at times i almost enjoy watching it better than the original just because Lion
1: king one and a half is basically the emperor's new groove to the lion king's kingdom of the sun Totally, totally. What about Lady
2: and the Tramp 2 Scamps Adventure?
3: (laughs) Or 101 Dalmatians 2, Patches London Adventure.
1: I can't speak for that one. Uh, I don't I remember I keep wanting to say Martin Short isn't that, but I don't know if I'm getting that confused with something else. But I thought (laughs) Martin Short was like Cruella gets like a new henchman or something.
3: That sounds about right.
1: And it's Martin Short or something. And he's like a hipster (laughs) or something. Oh god. Or a sixties hipster or whatever that Oh would man.
3: Be. I still think Fox and the Hound too was the I mean, I, I never bothered to see it, but just conceptually it's like why.
1: Yeah, that's another thing um that intrigues me about the Emperor's New Groove franchise is you don't really know like what like every time there's a new like Croc. I don't think anyone saw the Emperor's New Groove and expect uh, the sequel being about Kronk seems obvious. Awesome. I don't think anyone expected it to be about Kronk and his daddy issues.
0: <laughs> right, I don't
1: think right. anybody expected the TV series to be about Cusco being forced to go to high school, so I feel like it's always something weird that you don't really expect.
3: Oh, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay, so I've got a question for both of you, and I know it's up Rob's alley. Um, what do you think of Disney theatricals potentially making an Emperor's New Groove musical?
1: That could be interesting. Um, I have had multiple ideas for, I feel like. It should be a given that I've had ideas for this, but um, the possibility, and I've always been start, sort of fighting with myself to figure out if it should be, a, if the, they should figure out a way to re, reuse the King of the Sun songs and shoehorn them in or make new songs or a combination, or they would have to do a combination because there's not enough in a movie compared to a Broadway show. They'd have to make new songs. Um, one idea I came up with was Snuff Out the Light would be in it. But Snuff Out the Light would be basically the flea in a box where the whole song is her initial plan and then she decides, oh, that's too difficult. I'm gonna turn him into I'm gonna poison him instead. <laughs> nice, nice.
2: Take a look inside, it's a flea in a box.
1: <laughs> Cause that seems like yeah. the, the whole premise of blocking out the sun seems like an elaborate scheme Ismo would come up with just to get rid of Cusco, even though it doesn't have anything to do with Cusco. Uh-huh. Simpsons did it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, yeah. yeah, I could see like some sort of Michael Curry puppet for the llama Cusco. Yeah. Or you could just have a guy in the llama theater and just... Or that. <laughs> just be like, yeah, that, that could be some nice stagecraft, the
1: transformation. We we blew the budget on on all the choreography or something.
3: <laughs> just have them like directly, like it's literally just Cusco and he just gets on all fours and just acknowledges uh, the lack of budget. It yeah, would have
1: to be something like spam lot. <laughs> Where it's where it's cheap. Oh, dude, I could totally see
3: Spamalot being an influence on Emperor's New Groove. Absolutely, no question. As a
1: musical, yeah. Because <laughs> I I've never seen it, but I hear that there's like very minimal sets and props and stuff,
2: and it's mostly uh-huh. just
3: yeah, yeah.
1: So I would think, I'm not would sure about like- that.
2: I could see some productions doing that,
1: but yeah. And My production
3: basically it. just had a castle wall and that was it.
1: And Disney and Disney wouldn't and the beauty of that is Disney wouldn't have to spend a boatload of money on something they probably don't have any interest in doing anyway. So if they wanted decided they yeah. wanted to do it, they could do it without spending the money on it that they would spend on more elaborate productions.
2: Sure, sure.
1: Um so does anyone else have anything uh, to say?
2: Uh, Tiki, did he still want to tell that jungle cruise story or uh, yeah, if y'all don't mind,
3: it'll just take a minute. <laughs> so the last time I went on the Jungle Cruise, um, we got to the, uh, you know, the section where they unload the boats. And this hmm. happens quite often where someone will be like getting into, uh, you know, uh, getting off of a wheelchair into a boat. And so they have to stall for a few seconds. Yeah. And uh, usually on the Jungle Cruise, the end gag is, you know, something to the extent of like, oh, if you didn't like this, if if, if you like this voyage, then my name is Harry the Skipper. If you didn't like this voyage, then my name's Bob or something like that. You know, some riff on that. But uh, instead, uh, since we had a little bit of time to kill, the guy full on went into... If you like this this ride, then my God, I'm happy for you. Thanks a lot. If you didn't ride this ride, if you didn't like this ride, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn you into a flea, a (laughs) harmless little flea. Then I'll put that flea in a box. Then I'll put that box in another box. And then I'll mail that box to myself. And when it arrives, (laughs) I'll smash it with a hammer. That's great. uh, Yeah the The I, entire boat just abrupted into into applause.
1: I think <laughs> I read not? on Twitter someone said that they um that that their skipper made a reference to the um, waterfall scene in the Emperor's New Groove when you go, you know, you're going through by the waterfall on Jungle Cruise, and they said, "Oh, don't tell me we're about to go by a huge waterfall." <laughs> <laughs>
3: Um, but the guy actually said, "Like, oh wow, guys, thanks, I appreciate that. Not many people get that reference, and I'm like, really, wow, really, because that I, I that just I I loved it. It made my day. Yeah, <laughs> that would have made my day too. Yeah, but anyways, that, that's all I got. Um, it, oh, it, like I said, dude, I just I have such warm memories of the original movie. I just it's one of my all time. F- it's probably <laughs> on my Mount Rushmore of Disney movies, along with like." I don't know stuff like a goofy movie and the original yep. Alice in Wonderland. You know, it's it's just up there. It's it's
2: it's
1: a great piece. Have you subscribed to Disney Plus? Yes,
2: but yeah, I don't got much else to say either. <laughs> uh, nice couple episodes here. Disney
1: wants your money. Disney wants to buy the sun.
2: <laughs> I see.
1: You, you know what's back. funny is nice. that
3: I I am subscribed to Disney Plus. Of course, how would I not don't be re- disrespect at this point? Bucket. But they're Disney still Plus sending me
2: has all the greatest hits.
3: Yeah, they're still sending me messages like weekly, like oh, don't look at all this amazing content on Disney Plus. I'm like, guys, I know, I know, guys, I I got it so does oh, it i signed up to- for disney plus to keep up with stuff on a podcasting level and to watch old school yeah. weird animated movies whenever i want <laughs>
1: does anybody have anything to plug
3: uh yeah if you want to check out so you want to be an imagineer on youtube guys uh we are a a nerd culture podcast that kind of leans towards the disney side of things but we cover a lot of stuff as well we cover movies uh kind of have a, an emphasis on batman because of our co-host big dragon five he's a huge batman guy no so dragon go... five
2: you said big dragon five
3: <laughs> big Dra- oh my god i was thinking of big, big hero dragon six <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh but yeah ch- check that out i'd
3: uh I'd, I'd love some support over there we're close to a thousand subscribers so uh we're getting some nice. traction um uh, and we're also covering an armchair imagineering competition that's happening right now on the wdw magic forums and my god that's uh, that's just going super well um people are just crazy creative over there and i should actually start posting some of that concept art on my uh, on my twitter because yeah the, the 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 amount of work people are putting into that that is just insane and i love covering it so yeah that that's my plug uh yeah.
2: monkey Yeah, I'm sometimes on there, too. Uh, Not as much as in the earlier years, but hey, I show up sometimes. (laughs) And uh, just to make it clear for- We should reboot Theater Geeks, Monkey. Yeah, that would be nice. And of course, with (laughs) DuckTales coming back, I'll be there for that. Sure, sure. Yeah, and just to be clear for everyone, it's it's two words. So you want is one word, and to be an Imagineer is a second word. (laughs)
1: usually
3: if you just type in so you want to be an imagineer just spaced out it'll come
1: up on youtube but (laughs) and you can find me at Hirsch on twitter i also make animated cartoons on youtube through the channel fireblast studios if you like my work and want to support me you can pledge to fireblast studios patreon for early access to videos behind the scenes footage and more